magazine or book. There's books for him and books for her and books for you and me. You'll find good books for everyone at your library. You're what up, what up? <laughs> hey, everybody, it's Lauren, and welcome to Lauren's Library. I am your host, Lauren, like I said. Um, grab a seat, grab some coffee, grab a blanket, and grab the steering wheel if you're driving because I am paying for your accidents. But get comfortable because we have a lot to talk about. And if you're new here, just want to give you a special hello, special shout out to you. Hey, hi, how you doing? Now that you're here, you can't leave. Sorry, I mean, I don't make the rules. Clearly I do, but it's fine. <laughs> so here on episode 14, we'll be talking about an author in the horror genre that is harassing a reviewer, because what else is new? And then we're going to talk about whether or not you should read the epilogue and the prologue in a book. And then we'll have a short story written by me. So go ahead, take a second, get comfortable, and I'll wait for you. I promise. Okay, so one thing that just continues to flabbergast me is the fact that there are these authors out here that be acting a fool and then expect people to want to review their work. Like you got authors that are stalking people, that are killing people, chopping them up and eating them. And you really want people to review your work? Like, no, I'm scared for my life at this point, sir. Absolutely not. (laughs) So anyway, Matt Shaw, have you heard of him? I'll be honest. I had no idea who this man was until I caught wind of this drama, but apparently he is an author in the horror genre and full disclaimer, I feel really bad because I'm going to have to pronounce all three R's in this word because it just sounds like I'm saying whore if I don't, you know, this benefits of being raised in the South, but horror author. (laughs) And I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this section without laughing, but it is what it is. Horror author. Matt Shaw is doing a lot. Okay. I don't read a bunch of horror. (laughs) Sorry. I'll be serious. Okay. I don't read a bunch of horror, but for those of you who might, maybe you know who he is. I don't know. He's got about 50 or so published books currently. And supposedly he has an OnlyFans, which is not related to the books, but I mean, do what you do, sir. Make them coins. I ain't finna watch it, but you know, maybe someone will. And he's also pretty active on Facebook. So allegedly, he wrote a book that a reviewer named Haley gave one star. She included it in her worst books of 2022, because hey, it happens, and she posted that video back in December. One of her criticisms for the book was that she didn't think he did a good job writing from the point of view of a woman, which I get, because quite often, male authors are terrible at writing women perspectives. Like, let's just be real here. Like, on every post that I did for the Worst Line Wednesday when I did it on my Instagram, and when I read a few of them up here, the ones that had the real cringy women perspectives were always written by men. Like There was one where this woman was like, she was sad. And since she was sad, her breasts were sad. And that, that doesn't happen. <laughs> so there are a few that get 
women perspectives right. There are a few that can do it correctly, but more often than not, it's real cringy and real ridiculous. So I totally understand her, you know, using that as a criticism for why she doesn't like the book. Matt Shaw allegedly caught wind of this video and then went on an angry rant on Facebook about Haley. He called her a Nazi and a trout and then tried to claim that he wasn't even upset about her giving him one star. Even though there are multiple posts calling her by name, but intentionally spelling it wrong, real passive aggressive, that proved otherwise. And I just want to say like, it's real dumb when someone is upset about something and that's all they can talk about, but then they're just like, oh, I'm not, I don't even care. I'm not even mad. Clearly, if this is all that you can focus on, like you're making multiple posts going off about it, she lives rent free in your head at this point. Like she done bought a couch. There's a lamp in there. She's just comfortable eating dinner. Like she lives in your head. And like, I mean, you can't convince me otherwise because you wouldn't be making all these posts on Facebook if you weren't truly bothered. Like, let's just be real. But if that wasn't weird enough, Matt Shaw then went on to write a book called Moist Gusset, which is, ew, ugh. And it's a romance written through the eyes of a woman by a man because F you, that's why. And it literally says that in the book. Like, that's the tagline for the book. <laughs> and he dedicated it to Haley. And the dedication is as follows. For Haley, you hate it when men write through the eyes of a woman so much. And yet you inspired me to write this book, which I am sure you will never read. And that's fine. That being said, I am surprised how much time you spend moaning about male authors misrepresenting people and groups when you could spend more time enjoying things which do not upset your delicate sensitivities. Art can be joy enjoyed by anyone. Art can be created by anyone. Only Nazis dictate otherwise, you trout. P.S. Yes, I spelled your name wrong on purpose. Sir. <laughs> like, really? So when Haley catches wind of this book earlier this month, she rates it one star and then Matt Shaw tries to force her to come on his podcast and discuss the horror <laughs> genre. And when she declines saying that she doesn't feel safe, which I mean, I totally don't blame her for that because if this person goes out of their way to write a book and then like dedicate it to you to be mean, then, you know, like what makes you think that you can go on that podcast and have like a an actual conversation. Like it's clearly just an invite for her to come on the podcast and he can talk trash to her face. That's really it. Like, it's, like let's come on now. He's just trying to bully her again. So of course she would say no. Like who would say yes? I don't like really. And what's worse is that this isn't the first offense for Mr. Shaw. Apparently he received a one-star review on another one of his books. And in response, he wrote, a torture porn book and dedicated it to that reviewer since she questioned his mental health for the material in the book that she actually did read. That is nuts. Okay. And honestly, horror genre and splatter punk aside, I feel like questioning the mental health of Matt Shaw because of his behavior towards women who gave him low reviews is valid. Do you know how much effort it takes to write a book? That's 50 K plus words. So to dedicate an entire story to a reviewer just because they didn't like your other books is obsessive and creepy to call them names and to post multiple Facebook rants and hateful comments about that person over and over and over again, because they didn't like your book is creepy for God's sake. Stop reading the reviews. Like if you're going to be this irate and passive aggressive, if someone rates your book low, then don't read the reviews. <laughs> like from what I've learned, in my research of this story, 
is that the horror community has a tendency to be a little misogynist and hateful towards women in general. And after seeing so many comments praising Matt Shaw for his behavior and bashing Haley and whoever else that rated him poorly, it's not hard to believe, honestly. And all of this because someone didn't like your book is wild to me. To devote all of this time and energy to a random person just because they gave your book a low rating is absolutely nuts. Like you do, you need to sit back and reevaluate some things. I don't read splatterpunk and I don't read much horror <laughs> because it's just not my bag. But all the more power to you if you do enjoy the genre. And if you ever run across Matt Shaw's work, be careful of what you rate it because you could be the subject of his next book. I can't give you any recommendations on horror, so I don't really know what to tell you what you should and shouldn't read. But what I can do is talk about whether or not you should read the prologue and epilogue in the book. Let's get into it. Okay, so over the last week or so, I have seen a lot of posts in all of my book groups on Facebook asking like the same question or something similar. Like, do you read the prologues in books? And at first I was like, what kind of hoopla is this? Because like, who doesn't read the prologue? <laughs> but then as I scrolled through the comments, my heart was crushed because there were so many people saying like, oh, I skipped the prologue and the epilogue. And when I had actually responded, there's this one person saying that um, if the author thought the information was important, they would have put it in the story. And I was so completely flummoxed. I'm still flummoxed whenever I think about that because like I had to sit with it for a second because I mean, the prologue and the epilogue are a part of the story. Like, huh? When did people start thinking that they weren't? When did this happen? Like as an author, this makes me very sad because there are people out here skipping parts of the book. If you said you didn't read the, the preface or the author's note or the acknowledgements, then I would understand because depending on my mood and how much I like the author, I'll be skipping them too. Very rarely do I read those. But the prologue literally sets the tone for the story. Like it gives background information. It lets you know what you're getting into. Like it foreshadows. It sets the stage for the rest of the book. Like the epilogue is usually wraps up the story or it hints at a possible sequel. Like just because it isn't labeled chapter such and such. Now it's suddenly not a part of the story or not important. Like since when? It wouldn't be in the book if it wasn't part of the story to some degree. Like, how do we pick and choose which chapters are more important? If you didn't write the book, I feel like it's wild to just assume that they aren't important to the story, especially if you haven't even read it yet. Now, don't get me wrong. You're allowed to do what you want to do, but just know that I'm, I'm not so silently judging you on this one. I try not to police people when it comes to their reading habits. Like if you want to be a terrorist and dog ear your pages, then you're well within your right to do so. But you can't be out here telling people you read the book when you left out important parts. That's like starting in the middle of the book and then trying to figure out what's going on or just stopping the book before you get to the end and be like, well, I read that. That was good. No, <laughs> like, no. So if you're asking me, like, if you ask me, you ask my humble opinion. I know none of you did, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. If you ask me whether or not you should read the prologue and epilogues, just imagine me thumping you in the forehead and making a face because yes, you need to read them. Now, if you want to skip the author's note and the acknowledgements, be my guest because I can count on one hand how many times I've read those. 
I don't be caring. Usually that's when the author wants to thank like their best friend and then their dog that they had in the second grade because that one time they played fetch and it was real cool. Like we, we don't care about that. <laughs> real talk. We don't care about that. So skip that part. Yes. But read the prologue and read the epilogue. Like, come on now. I want better for you. Like I'm judging, but I'm not judging, but I, but I am judging, you know, like I'm not, but I am. We still have a few months left of 2023. Let's make better decisions. Okay. <laughs> but again this is just my take on the situation it wouldn't be in the story if it didn't matter to the story like how do you just look at a whole chapter and be like oh that's not important the author didn't mean for it to be there huh (laughs) i'm still so confused by this there were so many people that agreed there were so many people that are just like yeah i skipped that why 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 Like, why are you skipping important parts of the story, ma'am, sir, ma'am, sir, whoever? Like, why? Okay. So what have we learned in today's class? If you're reading anything by Matt Shaw, this is number one. If you're reading anything by Matt Shaw and you are a woman, and if you rate him anything less than three stars, prepare to be the subject of his next book. Or prepare to have a really snarky and obsessive dedication written about you while he tries to convince everyone about how unbothered he is. And, you know, prepare to be the subject of a lot of his Facebook posts. And prepare to see him spell your name wrong purposely. Because he did it on purpose. Just prepare for that. Be aware of that. If you find his book Moist Gusset. (laughs) Yeah, I can't. If you find that book and you decide to read it, just be very, very careful of what you decide to rate it. Because... It could be a moist gusset part two, and then your name is in the dedication. And then we, then we got to do a whole other episode about how he did it again. Like, we, we don't want to do this. So just be on the lookout for that. And then the second lesson that we've learned today is if the book you are reading has a prologue and an epilogue, read them. Don't skip them. Read them. So now that we have that out of the way, it is time for a short story. This one is incredibly unserious. I was on a road trip with my mom and my aunt, like, last year this time. And they were fumbling around with the GPS and ended up taking a bit longer to get home than it should have. And it gave me the idea for this silly little short story. Plus, I feel like my short stories have been real heavy lately. And I don't want to bog y'all down with heavy material all the time. So here we go. Super unserious. And also, I do have a quick announcement. I said it last time, but I'll say it again. Um, before we get into the short story section, my debut novel is coming out in the next few months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited, also nervous, and I'm on the hunt for some ARC readers. The story is about a couple struggling with an Alzheimer's diagnosis, and it's also a story about love. So yeah, if you're interested in being an ARC reader, hit me up on Instagram or TikTok, or send me an email at thebookiebabeblog at gmail.com and let me know. And I'll send you the link for the signups, and then I'll send you um, like the synopsis and whatnot. And we can talk about the book a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, short story time. Let's get into it. Turn left and rotate your ankles so they don't get stiff. The annoying voice on this GPS system would not stop offering useless exercise tips. I slumped further down in the back seat, begrudgingly accepting that I would not be home before nightfall. That's what I get for not driving. Turn right. Rerouting. Make a U-turn. Make sure you wiggle your ears to loosen your jaw muscles. I sat up in my seat again, confused. 
and the second command had a slightly deeper voice than the first. I squinted at the screen in the middle of the dashboard, and then at the phone Lynn held up by her ear. It only took a second to realize that there were two different GPS systems going at the same time, and from the looks of it, they were traveling in opposite directions. Um, is there a reason why we're using two? I asked. Denise turned to look at me from the passenger seat. We have to check to make sure it's correct. You know technology can never be fully trusted. She flashed me a look of pity and shook her head. Ah yes, of course. Unreliable technology. How dumb of me to forget. But in order to do that, shouldn't they both be going in the same direction? It was Lynn's turn to glare at me. How about you let us handle this? She snapped. I sat back with a defeated sigh. Clearly I wouldn't be getting home anytime soon today, let alone before nightfall. I pulled out my phone and sent a quick text to my husband, Darren. There are two GPS currently traveling in a square. No one seems concerned. Three bubbles popped up immediately, letting me know that he was typing a response. I glanced out the window, noting the same tree we had just passed 15 minutes earlier. The two of them in the front seat chattered happily about how much they enjoyed the work trip. I mentally kicked myself for not driving my own car. That's what I get for being too lazy to get gas. You live on the road now. I'll miss you. I shook my head at my husband's response and pulled up a book on my phone. If I was going to be stuck in the car with these two from now until I died of starvation, I could at least entertain myself with a book until my phone died. Turn left and practice flexing your belly button. The GPS chirped happily. How is that even physically possible? I asked, sticking a finger on my belly button. I pushed my stomach out and sucked it back in, but the belly button stayed in place. I heard a sigh from one of them, as if my question had an obvious answer. You're such a grump. That was Denise. The two of them went back to talking, leaving me to stew in my misery like a petulant child. Rerouting. Turn right. I was going to end up ripping both the devices to shreds. I could feel it coming. I had such a good time. We should start one of those group chat things and do this again soon, like a girl's trip. Denise gushed. Meanwhile, we passed the same tree again. I stared at it, desperately wishing I could open the car door and tuck and roll towards it. Pretty sure we're just turning circles in the middle of the road. Other drivers were shaking their head in pity, thanking their lucky stars that they weren't in the car with us. Absolutely. What do you think, Nora? They both glanced in the rearview mirror at me. I froze for a second, trying to figure out the nicest way to tell them I would never be seen with them outside of work again. I don't do girls trips, I responded. The two of them rolled their eyes at me. Make a U-turn, and I don't mean the exercise, an actual U-turn. For Christ's sake, what's a U-turn exercise? I groaned. Mora, just relax. Why don't you just scroll on that app you like so much? What's it called, Facegram? Said Denise. No, I think it's Instabook, Lynn chimed. I'm being punished. In another life, I must have committed some unspeakable evil, and this is my punishment. A never-ending car ride with Thelma and Louise. At least I have enough room in the backseat to stretch out. This entire trip, these two have been driving me up the wall. Since we sat in the same cubicle area, the two of them decided that the three of us should be trip buddies and stick together. I had no say in the matter. I had originally come on this trip fully prepared to read and participate in as little social interaction as possible, and then when they started pounding on my hotel door, demanding to be let in so we could watch a movie and eat snacks, I knew my plans had been ruined. I would like to get home before my next birthday, if you don't mind. 
Denise chortled from her seat and leaned forward to meddle with the music. Opera music filled the car two seconds later. I paused, hoping she had meant to change it to another station and got stuck, but no. To my horror, she settled back in her seat and closed her eyes. I love this stuff. I used to sing it in college. Make a U-turn and settle in. We're in for a great ride. I glared at the screen. At this point, the GPS was taunting me. Lynn's phone, the second GPS system, sat on the armrest between them. Neither one was paying attention. I carefully slid it closer so I could look at it. It was set to take us back to the destination we had just left. The whole reason we had been driving around in figure eights for the past hour and a half. I quickly tapped it off and placed the phone back where I found it. Maybe we would finally get home before the end of the month. If I'm lucky, I'll see my husband again before the next holiday season. I closed my eyes. All this nonsense was making me exhausted. If I was doomed to be stuck in a car, I might as well catch up on my sleep. There are only a few hours left before I would need to get up and get ready for work the next day anyway. I jolted awake as the car came to an abrupt stop in front of my driveway. When did we get home? Lynn and Denise both turned to stare at me. I stared back, confused and groggy. Can I use your bathroom? Denise asked, unbuckling her seatbelt. It didn't look like she was planning to wait for an answer. I hurriedly got out of the car to beat her to the door. She lifted a fist and pounded on the front door with a surprising amount of strength for someone her age. Whatever that age might be. My husband swung open the door and stepped back in surprise. Before I could explain what was happening, Denise shouldered her way into the house. Which way is the bathroom? What? He asked, stunned. Where is your bathroom? Denise paused after each word. Darren glanced at me with a raised eyebrow. I shrugged. He pointed to the door to her left, and Denise let out a strangled sound of relief as she tore through the living room and slammed the bathroom door shut behind her. I glanced the clock on the wall over the TV. It was well after midnight, turning what should have been a two-hour drive into almost nine hours. That should be a world record. I vowed never to carpool again if I could help it. A few moments later, Denise emerged from the bathroom looking quite pleased with herself. Well, Nora, that was fun traveling with you. I'll see you in a few hours. I watched silently as she marched out of the house and back to the car with Lynn. I had surpassed irritated and settled on delirious. You need a new job, said Darren. No kidding. The next morning, Denise was twirling in my desk chair when I finally managed to drag myself into the office. She and her partner in crime were somehow bright-eyed and bushy-tailed while I felt like a zombie. There wasn't enough coffee in the world to keep me awake. Morning, sunshine, Denise exclaimed. I flinched. Must you be so loud? It's barely 8.30 a.m., I groaned. Denise shot a wry smile at Lynn, who shrugged and took a sip from her purple coffee mug. It was most likely water. Lynn had admitted months earlier that she only brought coffee mugs to work so she could feel included, even though she hated coffee. It made absolutely zero sense to me, but I am in no position to judge. I flopped my bag on the floor next to my desk and busied myself with turning on my computer. A notification popped up indicating that I needed to install the new updates. Oh dear, you've broken it, Denise said, slapping a hand over her mouth. I ignored her and worked on getting the update started. She was always asking me to come help her with her desktop, so I didn't expect either one of them to understand what was happening. This is why I hate technology. So unreliable. That's why we needed two GPS systems yesterday. We wouldn't have gotten you home without it. I turned to glare at Denise, who stared back at me with doe-eyed innocence. A wave of annoyance washed over me. I couldn't even appropriately hate the two of them because they meant, well, 
even if they had no idea they were making everything 10 times more difficult. It felt more like annoying family members and co-workers, but I admit it, it felt nice to have two people constantly looking forward to seeing you. When you're stuck in the same building with the same people day in and day out, it helps that they're easy to get along with. Even if their inability to navigate technology kept me in the car for an extra seven hours. There are worse ways to spend your day. I can't think of any at the moment, but I'm sure they exist. Maybe you should call IT. They can help you fix your computer, Lynn offered. I've already called them, Denise interrupted. They'll be giving you a call in a few minutes. Denise, you didn't have to. Nonsense, I'm happy to help. I sighed. The desktop was almost done updating. It would be at least an hour before IT called me back with the request you put in. With a defeated shake of my head, I shooed Denise back to her side of the cubicle and sat down in my chair. The seat was piping hot from where she had been sitting. I squirmed, trying not to dwell too much on the seat temperature, and began my work for the day. I had just slogged my way through my to-do list for the morning when I heard, Nora! Psst! Nora! I contemplating ignoring her, but I knew that that would just make her get up and come to my desk. Again. Yes, Denise? I asked slowly, trying to force patience in my voice. Both she and Lynn were older than me by at least 30 plus years, but it felt more like I was the older one when these two got together. How do I forward an email? Hit the forward button, Lynn hissed from her desk. I tuned them both out as I tried to focus on my to-do list. I had a few things left I needed to get done. Nora? Denise called. I didn't answer or turn around, just continued typing on my computer. Nora, hey! Irritated, I whirled around to face her. What, Denise? What is it now? Why do you keep bothering me? I snapped. A look of hurt flashed across her face. You're such a grump, she muttered. I wouldn't be nearly as grumpy if you didn't follow me around and call my name like a child every waking moment we spend at work. Lynn's eyes widened as she looked back and forth between the two of us. I felt bad for snapping at Denise after seeing the look of hurt across her face, but I refrained from saying anything. She got on my nerves almost daily, and after spending my entire day in the car with her yesterday, I was really in no mood to continue conversation. I'd barely gotten any sleep. Tension, now thick in the air, kept conversation to a minimum for a good while, even though I knew it wouldn't last. I blew up at Denise almost daily, and while it made her leave me alone for a few minutes, she would always find a reason to talk to me again, no matter what. Part of me wanted to apologize, but instead, I kept working. Lynn, how do I forward an email again? I heard Denise ask after a beat of heavy silence. I heard the soft thump of Lynette getting out of her chair and then whispers between the two of them as they tittered over the computer. A few disgruntled noises and heavy clicks later, an email pinged in my inbox. It was a flyer for a gospel music concert for an artist that I hadn't listened to in years. I stared at it, confused. Why did you send me this? I asked, glancing over at Denise. Do you want to go? She responded. The hopefulness in her voice made me feel guilty. No, I didn't want to go. I'd rather swim the Mariana Trench than go see this concert. But I felt bad. She seemed genuinely hurt after I snapped at her. And I can admit that it was unnecessarily harsh. But even still, like I, I don't know why she invited me to this concert. Um, no, not really. I replied with a slight wince. This would require another road trip, and if it was anything like the one we had just come back from, that'd be setting myself up for failure. Her shoulders slumped slightly. That's okay. You're young, and I know you probably have so much you'd rather do than hang out with a bunch of old ladies, she said with a sad smile. I felt like she was baiting me, trying to make me feel guilty for not wanting to hang out with the two of them. And I felt 
even more annoyed that it was actually working. She continued, You just remind me so much of my daughter, and I wish I could have spent more time with her. What happened to your daughter? I asked. I knew I was going to regret asking the question before it even left my mouth. She died of a drug overdose about three years ago. Yep, there it was. Regret and soul-crushing guilt staring me right in the face. The woman was a mastermind. Here I was, getting annoyed at her and wondering why she kept bothering me, only to find out that she viewed me as her daughter. The thought had never even occurred to me, because my own relationship with my mother had severed and broken many years ago. I'd never really known what it felt like to have a mother who loved and supported me. I had questioned the lunches that Denise would bring for the three of us. I questioned the gift cards on my birthday and Christmas. I had wrongfully assumed that she was just old and annoying with no friends, when in reality, she saw us as her family. There are worse things. Will you let me operate the GPS this time? I asked, accepting defeat. Denise's face lit up. Sure, you can even drive if you want to. I knew the two of them would drive me crazy. I knew they would smother me with their company and send me completely up the wall with their endless questions. But I also knew that I wanted a family for the longest time. Growing up in a broken home had me craving those bonds and relationships. And you guys will give me space and let me breathe? I asked, knowing full well that they wouldn't. Absolutely, they both said in unison. I shook my head, knowing exactly what I was getting myself into, but also kind of looking forward to it. I'd never admit it out loud to either one of them, though. I'd never hear the end of it. With a deep sigh, I shook my head and shrugged. All right, I guess you have a deal then. And that's all we have time for today. <laughs> so what do you think, guys? Let me know. Head on over to my blog at www.theboogiebabe.com and poke around a bit. Read some stuff, rate some stuff. Make sure you rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you're using. You can follow, like, or leave a message at Lawrence Library Podcast on Instagram. P.S. I try to leave interactive polls and voting at the end of each episode just so I can get an idea of what you guys like and don't like and what you want more of. So be a doll and go participate. Thank you. Also, tell a friend to tell a friend about Lauren's Library. Okay? Help a girl out. Share, share, share. Threaten to withhold Christmas and birthday presents until they subscribe. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But am I? Okay, yes, I'm, I'm actually kidding. I won't be responsible for you severing relationships. Anyway, you can also find me posting detailed reviews on the Boogie Babe underscore Instagram and TikTok. But bear with me. I have been really slack on posting lately, but I'm still out here absorbing content and lurking in your comments. I just haven't been posting like I should. But, you know, forgive me. I'm sorry. Anyway, I said all that to say, if you want to say hello, there are multiple ways to contact me. So take your pick. But one way or another, I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, guys. Bye.